mustn't get his evil hands on that alien ship. Welcome back, nobodies, to your favorite Doom Patrol podcast, this side of the comic book pages. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And today we are not talking about an episode of the TV show Doom Patrol, but instead I was going to say we're not even talking about Doom Patrol comic books yet, but we are talking about Lazarus Planet Dark Fate. What? What is that? Have you heard of this? Never heard uh, of it. Lazarus Planet Dark Fate we are talking about this today because it is a comic book uh, that is going to be introducing the new Doom Patrol comic book series called Unstoppable Doom Patrol Uh, so in case you've been living in a Doom Manor the past few weeks uh, let's try to bring you guys up to speed that's a pretty lucky gig you got there you're living in a Doom Manor for the past couple weeks I mean or incredibly unlucky, depending on how you view it. Um, could be tragic. So, <laughs> what is Lazarus Planet Dark Fate? Well, it is a one-shot of collected short stories, and is part of a event that's taking place in the DC Universe right now, as of February 2023. So, as of the time we're recording this podcast, this is a live event that's going on in the DC Universe. And... Uh, Lazarus Planet Dark Fate, so this issue that we're talking about today, it's the penultimate issue of the event before one final comic comes out called Lazarus Planet Omega, Uh, and this comic book that we're talking about today is also a preamble to the new Doom Patrol series called Unstoppable Doom Patrol, um, which will be part of a new DC initiative called dawn of dc so there's a lot of things happening in dc comic books right now it seems like they are ending the current era that they're in and they're starting a new um wave of comic books to be released released including a new superman number one um batman brave and the bold and then of course unstoppable doom patrol which we haven't had a doom patrol comic book since gerard way's um 2016 run but yeah, but that didn't that ended in 2018, didn't it? Yeah. Went on for 12 issues, right? And then it took a hiatus to do the TV show, I guess. Oh, I guess it was maybe the printing all stopped. It doesn't matter. So, my point was with all of this, uh Mark, this isn't the first time that you and I um are kind of changing gears and talking about a comic book versus a TV show. Um nor is it the first time that we're talking about comics that are happening right now um so what you just said i'm kind of like backing that up i think it's the end they're ending rebirth is that what you're saying to me and they're kind of just we're doing another (laughs) (laughs) we're wiping the slate clean again so i'm we're laughing because we've we went through this with uh you know the identity crisis and everything which still i was still young young enough to not really care or pay attention or really be affected by that big change but when the new 52 came about that was my jam that was your jam we really Mm -hmm. vibed Mm -hmm. with the new 52 and i even started working in a comic book store when the new 52 was at its peak and it was (laughs) some of the coolest stuff to ever happen in dc comics in my opinion um so now you're telling me that we're bingo bango let's kind of do it again rev up those fryers and like get the get the steam going yes i'm on board 
so yeah, it is kind of unfortunate that we're that we feel this way. Uh, yes, when the new Fifty Two happened in, in two thousand eleven, it was like a big deal. It was a big deal for a DC uh, for DC Comics to have like this reset button, and and Flashpoint was a big deal. And Flashpoint to this day is still a big, big way of uh, resetting of what you have and 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 playing around with with the event in a way that it would change things moving forward instead of just being a big event and then everybody goes off to do their own thing um the new 52 was a huge uh initiative uh and uh when the new 52 ended and then they did rebirth it seemed like they were restarting again with dc rebirth and then everyone was having to start over again and and dc rebirth also felt like hey some things in the new 52 didn't work and we want to go back to how it was before New Fifty Two. Now, yeah. <laughs> we've 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 gone through, and I hate to say this, but we've gone through other phases since Rebirth. So Rebirth is we're not Dawn of DC isn't coming from Rebirth. Um, no. After Rebirth, there was New Justice, then there was Infinite Frontier, and now we're going to Dawn of DC. So, wait, wait, wait where does was Metal not, or was that just an arc? Um, metal was that, during that, that shaped the entire planet, did it not? Yeah, that, that was, was during, like the whole thing. Yeah, that was that's again metals transformed rebirth into uh, in uh, new justice, new justice, and then after new justice, um, I think I got this right. Yeah, metals was either from rebirth to to infinite. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to confuse you. It doesn't yes, matter. We can move but past so, it. And that's, you're right. It gets confusing. So DC just labeled it all DC Universe. DC Universe has like this big umbrella that holds Rebirth, New Justice, and Infinite Frontier. These, these initiatives, right? That's what they're called. So New 52, Rebirth, Dawn of DC. These are yes. all like initiative waves of, of new series that yeah. come out. Much like what Young Animal was with the previous Doom exactly. Patrol series. Exactly. Yes. yes. Young Animal, uh, DC, Young Animals as well. Um, Dawn of DC, the new initiative, will start in this year, 2023. And the event that's kicking it off is this Lazarus Planet event. So the reason I wanted to do an episode about it specifically with this comic book issue is because well first of all I, I wanted to give the listeners something doom patrol related to listen to on the show while we're in this hiatus from the first half of season four onto the second half and um, i also wanted to give our listeners an update on, on where where this show is headed uh, because by now uh, we're all aware of, <laughs> I wrote the impending doom of the TV series. Uh, but yes, we do Good know one. that the show is 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 being ended with season four. There will be no more of the Doom Patrol TV show. Um, and Nathan and I can't wait to share those final moments together. Uh, it's been both a dream and a journey for us as fans of Doom Patrol to get to see these stories lived out as a TV show with amazing actors, writers, directors. Uh, for four great seasons. So while we wait for it those was really finals, some of the best storytelling that I've ever seen in my entire life, uh, especially something that was related directly to, to one of my like hyper interests at one point in my life. You know, I think before on that same level was, I guess, like what Star Wars or whatever. So it's pretty cool to just be able to uh, 
experience that thing. And yeah, you're right. I can't wait to see what the end's going to bring. Um, because I think it's going to be pretty, pr- pretty sick. <laughs> I, I think I definitely might cry once or twice. But uh, it's um, some of the best storytelling for Doom Patrol. You know, it's, yeah. it's when it comes to you know, oh, I want to get into Doom Patrol, or you know, I want to uh, yeah, streamlining the the whole. If, like, yeah, if someone so uh, this is a good like this Lazarus Planet one shot uh, just to speak broadly for a minute if someone was following in this event and you know they love dc and this lazarus planet event is like a collection of short stories of all these different characters and it's like a um a sampler platter for all these different dc heroes to be introduced to doom patrol in this and be like oh they're interesting i want to know more about them it's kind of like an show would be like highly recommended um and that says something to something that is adapted from the comic books you know to 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 not only say oh you got to read grant morrison oh you got to read uh rachel pollack or go back to arnold drake like to say the tv show is something you must watch is like you did it you succeeded like your adaptation is so good sometimes even better than the source material that (laughs) i i highly recommend it as so um it's definitely like if if there was if the, if there was an AR quiz on Doom Patrol, if there was like a reading test quiz, and it was one of those like I'm gonna watch the movie instead of read the book, that would be one of those things where I tell you like, yeah, you could get away with passing that test by watching that TV show and just like going off of the stories and you know getting what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially with this this one short story that we have in Lazarus Plane, and I'm gonna echo what you were just saying um great culmination of stories this doom patrol story particularly felt like a really cool complete wrap-up of like let me just speed things up let's catch everybody up to just if you're familiar with the characters a little bit you're not gonna miss a beat you're gonna pick up on it pretty dang quick and uh let's let's get you kind of pumped for what's gonna come into the future um but as as a whole this this uh lazarus planet thing um uh, this is the first time I'm getting back into uh, uh, comic weekly comic books. Um, Jesus, for what it's been six years, I think, since I was collecting or even was in the vicinity <laughs> of new comic books. It has um, been a while since I've gotten into an ongoing. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, I, it's just, I, I and you're going doing... with the physical copies, dude. So this is one of my big points out of this whole, like next step that you want, you and you and I are going to go do, you're taking this physical route of these books. And Mark, I, I held this book in my hand and I felt the prospect of getting variant issues of number ones for the next Doom Patrol series and all of these things. It's by Chris Burnham. Now, Chris Burnham, mind yes. you, Chris Burnham. Oh. Okay. It's gonna be yes. okay. Cool. Well, well, hang on. I'll, I'll I'll put a I'll put a pause on that for a minute. No, no, but, no, no. But I'm so glad you said just it. Just the the fact that I I fought with myself so hard on not getting back into physical comic books that it's like it's t- it's still taking so much out of me to not go start a subscription because I want that tactile feel of getting that new book and seeing the variant issues and and just being mm-hmm, a part of that mm-hmm. and everything. Now. I have 
thousands of single-issue comic books that I haven't touched, haven't looked at in years. Uh, More than half of those thousands of books are still not bagged and boarded or sorted. So, like, at some point in my life, I have to, (laughs) I have to (laughs) go back to work. (laughs) And and before I left my comic book store, I took all of, at least what I thought, all of the bags and boards that I needed for my personal collection, thinking like, yep, I'm set. This is good. I'm still in that mindset of bagging and boarding every day. This is going to take me no time. When I'm getting categorized, I'm going to get them on a shelf and get labels and everything. Absolutely not. No. They're still sitting in long boxes in my thing. So, when I tell you that, I 100% cannot... (laughs) <laughs> buy any more single issue comic books even if it's just this this mini run of doom patrol or whatever i love you to death that you feel like you want to get them and i am so excited and i want to see the variant issues that you get and i want to know what the sto- what story you're getting them from and i want to know what variant issues they're ordering and everything and i want to log on to diamond myself and see the the variant issues that are all available that's how badly i'm like just falling back into that mindset of sitting behind the counter and getting lost into this world. Yeah. But I can't. Because luckily like my relapse. long boxes, <laughs> it is. My long boxes are like out of sight, out of mind type thing. They're in my uh-huh. closet, backed yeah. up against like behind my clothes. So if they were in front of me, I would be like, uh-uh, absolutely not. There's so many. I have doubles, triples of uh, so many variant issues that are, what am I going to do with them? You know, one was to keep and read and to get the finger grease and everything. Watch, turn the page, wash your hands type deal and then Taco put it back. Bell oil. One, yeah. <laughs> one was to keep sealed and in the bag and board and never touch. And one was to have that so that one would be able to sell it. But it doesn't matter because now I'm just collecting yeah, everything I, that I was ordering. It didn't matter. <laughs> I think you have some of mine because I got rid of a lot and I only keep... I have all the ones that you... Yes. Yeah, I was getting rid of them. And There's they, important <laughs> ones that you were like, I'm getting rid of these. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> he took all of them. So the only one I still had was New 52's Nightwing number one. Mm-hmm. First print, first That fair. Brett Booth cover, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, um, and uh, yeah, it's Nightwing number one. Um, I did grab a Supergirl number one as well. I have that as well now. Yeah, but you also, like, I think it's your, what, Robin... 26 or 16 um the oh, the tie into the the one where damien dies yes which yeah. is leads With us into this perfect thing that's yeah. where chris burnham my friend yeah shined shown whatever he was amazing in that whole batman incorporated that first oh, one yeah, in batman the new 52 yeah. was where damien actually died where you actually saw him die in the new 52 yeah and that was a big deal at that time and Chris Burnham did it so perfectly and what he was doing was really kind of bringing back this Frank Quietly style of artwork that felt just really raw and colorful and Mm -hmm. and cool um, that I when I saw it in this Doom Patrol in this series in this Lazarus I was like a little kid again I was like ooh that's again what made me be like oh I want the physical copies. And what's so <laughs> cool? I want so this artwork. They they previewed a little bit about Dawn of DC and what the lineup's going to look like, and they use Chris Burnham's um, some preview pages, some panels for the upcoming Un- Unstoppable Doom Patrol. And like you said, he's very colorful, but I mean, he's he's just the penciler, and it's, yeah. it's the way he shadows 
with these painstaking line work, like there's so much contouring and, and everything that's going on in the background and, um, and facial th- expressions and wrinkles yeah. and just line just work massive line work. Yeah. Um, that it, it's he even phenomenal. did some variant copy. He, he did some variants of Gerard Way's, now that I'm thinking about it, I remember. It's like, yeah, of course he did variants of a couple of those uh, first couple issues of Doom Patrol. Yeah, all, I like, think he did the variant for Dark Fate. I didn't get the variant, the Doom Patrol one. There's the Doom Patrol variant that's just the three of them, Rita, Robot Cliff, and, and, and Larry Trainer. Um, I didn't grab that one, but uh, I will put it as the thumbnail to the du- dueling genre post on the website. Um, so I, I should have grabbed that. I didn't. They didn't. They had already ordered it by the time I was requesting the sub to oh, a yeah. copy of it. Uh, yeah, it's oh, that I one. See. With okay, the, with the volcano. That yeah. one's awesome. Yeah, that's Chris Burnham doing the cover there, um, and the, the the variants for Unstoppable Doom Patrol when it comes out, it's gonna have that Crazy Jane variant where. I think it's a scratch off where you get one of five Jane personalities. So she's looking into a mirror and depending which one you have, her personality will be different in the mirror. So that'll be really cool. I definitely want to get at least one of those variants. Um, I don't know if there's a rarity scale on each one, but yeah, it's really exciting stuff. It's an order basis. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. This is going to be sick. I am... Maybe I'm grab one of those, Nate. I, I I told them I was subbing to for every variant. Like, just show me... Grab every variant for me so I can, I can get one of each. But, um, yeah, you won't know what you have until you scratch it off, I think. So, then you have to get one that you don't scratch off, and you got to bag that one. Uh, I'm just putting evil thoughts in your head now. But uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not even evil thoughts. It was literally just the normal mindset that I had every single Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, while we wait for those final six episodes of the TV show for season four to drop, um, we are going to be creating podcasts for this new Unstoppable Doom Patrol comic series, which will also be six issues. So it's only a six issue run. So it's not it's not too ongoing at all um so definitely check it out when it when it releases uh later in march um but after both unstoppable and season four are concluded on the show um we may have a few bonus episodes to put on the feed uh, afterwards but nathan and i are still planning that out so hopefully we um we get some bites there um but yes i let's let's start talking about this comic book because there's a lot of great artists throughout this entire uh comic book uh it's it is stacked uh nathan i'm going to kick it off to you uh on where you want to start if you want to start with huntress you want to dive right into uh doom patrol it's up to you um yeah no we'll just i guess let's just start at huntress and uh go from there right yeah so we we have several characters we're going to be talking about today i guess i should detail people who haven't read the comic book who's in all this so like i said it's a collection of stories of people being affected by this lazarus rain and so um, just to give people an idea of what's going on here each one of these lazarus planet um events books they they come with like kind of like a preamble of what's going on in 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 the uh in the universe and then there's a paragraph that follows that 
relates to exactly what's going on in this issue. So, um, as you can expect, there was a Batman comic called Batman versus Robin, Damian Wayne, uh, in which they they went against each other in, in some sort of war on this Lazarus Island, um, and all hell broke broke loose. And there's like this um, the Monkey Prince is in it, who's a descendant of the Monkey King. And there's like this uh, big bad villain called the Devil Naja. And uh, so after all this turmoil between Batman and Robin and the League of Assassins or the League of Shadows, um, uh, the Lazarus Island erupts and this volcano spews all this Lazarus energy out across the world um, and that contaminant starts to affect everyone superheroes normal people and they start changing in their uh, metahuman DNA some superheroes are getting depowered some people are changing their superpowers like what they had versus what what they're going to be changing into and some uh, humans will now get metahuman powers, and this is changing everyone. Um, like, for example, Mercy Graves is now a super-powered um, person, uh, much like Cyborg a little bit with kind of like a nanotechnology superpower and examples like that. So uh, in this comic book, today we're going to be talking about Huntress. Uh, there's a new character in kind of like the Flash section of DC Comics, uh, their name is Circuit Breaker. Um, we're going to have a new comic book that takes place in the spirit world, which is going to involve another new character called Xanth Zhou, um, who's like a spiritually connected hero. Uh, I think this one's really cool. Uh, and then, um, of course, we're going to have a new comic book series with the Doom Patrol. And Unstoppable Doom Patrol is going to be focusing a lot on these um, humans that get these metahuman abilities and they're not happy about it. As you can imagine, Doom Patrol is like dealing with not being normal anymore. So like yeah. it's so the it's perfect. Like it's happening to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Let's help it's you a... deal with it kind of thing. Exactly. So uh, yeah, the first comic book that we're going to be talking about is, uh, or the first story is The Huntress in a Whisper of the Moth. This was written by Tim Seeley, drawn by Baltimore Rivas, uh, colored by e, uh, Ivan Placencia. Letters by Carlos Manuel, edited by Dave Villagos. And I feel like it's important to to give everyone credit because, you know, everybody works on this stuff. Um, I'm guessing this is starting off a Huntress series that's going to be taking place in Dawn of DC. I wasn't too sure because um, some of the other ones, they kind of say, look for the next part in, in you yeah. know, Huntress number one. Uh, um, but it doesn't say that. It just kind of says, you know, to be continued in, in Dawn of DC. So... Um, if it is a Huntress series, I think the tone of this story was really good. I, I do like kind of um, this dark and rainy Gotham that we're kind of living in. Um, it's, a, it's a really cool vibe with this one. It feels very familiar. Like it's a very safe bet for, for DC to be like, let's, let's give the perspective of a vigilante in, in Gotham city um, <laughs> without the bat family having any involvement. I think that was another like takeaway from this that I'm again, excited to see um, just to see how everything and everybody that isn't in the bat family uh, are doing. Um, and I think it's really cool later on when like, I know where those members are like whisper and all those things. And, 
Bluebird, whomever, and they come back and form a bigger bat-esque family, I think that's kind of cool. But now I think we need to kind of break it down. Let's rein it in a little bit, um, check out to see what Huntress is doing, because if she's now Law of the Land in Gotham City, hey now, uh, that's pretty cool. Because that's not like like a Red Hood Gotham City or anything like that. It's it's like righteous, I think. Um, not yeah. so much like justice with Batman and everything. It's more like uh, bill, the bills do kind of thing. <laughs> it, <laughs> you seems, know? it seems like uh, because of what has happened that Batman uh, and Robin are kind of out of the picture. So, of course, Gotham City is, is unable to fend for itself. So it needs some of those other vigilantes to come out and, and kind of um, take take ownership of, of the crime that's going to be happening, especially with this Lazarus uh, weather affecting everyone. And, you know, everyone's been been told, stay away from the, the rain. Don't get, you know, wet by by the, the contamination. And so uh, this the Huntress, the way it's written by Tim Seeley, uh, it, it kind of feels like uh, some of the early parts of Scott Snyder's court of vows where batman was kind of in his head like calculating um meeting villain to villain to villain within within a shared area and and you know quickly diagnosing problem solving on the fly and Mm -hmm. and getting things done and so the only difference here is we kind of have the angst and anger of um huntress who who feels this disdain for for the bat and the bat family uh and overall, I, I I liked it. I liked the like I said, the tone, the colors, the mood it had. Um, I I I'm not sure where it's where it's leaning towards like conspiracy or just straight up uh, cleanup crew for her. Um, also, a little curious, like you said, righteousness, and that that plays like a big deal in this storyline. Is her mm-hmm. feeling? <laughs> This this sense of righteousness, <laughs> super self righteous, but yeah, I I think I think you're in I think she's in the right spot. Um, I think, but you're right how it definitely plays like a Batman story. I mean, she's even referencing the exact Batman files just from Huntress's memory kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. which is even cool because like towards the end she's like, yeah, that was in a file, but I didn't didn't read it. Don't need to. Like, don't don't worry about that guy. Like. It doesn't matter. Um, but then, like, kind of like, well, it does matter because he's there. You're still getting them there, but just you just punch him, I guess. Yeah, um, that, that's a very good point because, like, a lot of a lot of Batman's sidekicks that would go on to be their own heroes and 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 try to, you know, take over the mantle, take over the cowl. Um, they would they would say, you know, like, I want to be as good as him, as smart as him. Um, and, and, you know, Tim Drake strives to be so educated about the situation. Uh, and then you have someone like Huntress, who's, um, I, w- I wouldn't say a, a killer like Red Hood is. She, she just plays it more brutal. And yeah. she's like, yeah, Batman has knowledge on all these people, but it doesn't matter if a fist solves the issue. And so I like that. There is there is this, like I said, this angst to this character that I enjoy seeing. It reminds me a lot of Supergirl to Superman, where Supergirl is like, 
I know you you seem to have everything figured out, but you know I, I I'm not as trusting about about information about material about people. So uh, she she has a little bit more uh, bravado in the way that she um, solves crime or saves the world. Uh, and yeah, I, I I think this one was a very safe bet to start with. Uh, some of the other ones in in this uh, event. Um, they challenge what's going to happen in, in Dawn of DC. And, and it seems like Huntress was like, not much is changing except maybe her, the villains that she faces will be tougher and that she may have to resort to throwing out the book and, and attacking villains um, without hesitation because they're being affected by the Lazarus reign. And, and so that's where I'm thinking they're they're going to be like, oh, vigilante in Gotham, but now all the villains are super powered. Yeah, and, and so that's like what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, there was something that was mentioned in her story where um, uh, Killer Moth was that she was saying that Killer Moth was trying to uh, build himself up to be essentially the criminals' version of Batman. The criminals needed their vigilant, vig- you know, justice seeker of the night uh, against the Batman. Um, I think that's like foreshadowing because I think that's kind of a little true, but not necessarily because you were just saying now all the criminals, especially the would-be guys, the silly, you know, old 1940s and 50s Batman characters that are just silly gimmicks now all have metahuman abilities. Now, like, there needs to be a Batman. I think it's just that constant fallback of Gotham City needs a Batman. Um, I mean, (laughs) we saw it so much in, especially that Grant Morrison Batman and Robin run, that I think everybody's going to kind of look back towards now. Um, Yeah. Freaking 20 years later. I think another thing that is established in this Lazarus event is that just because you're affected by the rain, what you're doing in that moment doesn't, determine your abilities it's it's just determined by the writers so you know if killer moth is dressed up like a moth and he gets rained on it's not that he turns into a giant moth and um the the issue ends with a mysterious inmate um getting this lazarus rain leaked into their cell and it's and it's um contaminating them and we don't know who it is but because it's kept a mystery it's probably a character um within the Batman legacy that will be reintroduced to, but now they're affected differently. And I think she, she makes some jokes in the beginning, like I didn't run into uh, super croc or four face, which would have been like mm-hmm. hyper versions of uh, previous Batman villains. Um, you may see, m- maybe they affect calendar man, but now he's, he's got like, um, there's already a character that does this, but maybe he can, he can bend lava right and and that's you know it's so it's so random what can happen to these characters um that i just want to put that thought out there that it's not like he can manipulate time or something like that just because he is calendar man so it's going to be a complete mystery to who we see here i think unless someone already knows what's going on with huntress but um yeah like i said overall safe bet for this character (laughs) (laughs) safe bet um, I think w- another really cool thing, and I felt like this um, after every single story that I read, um, th- again, it's like I want to fall back into that 
that that weekly pleasure of getting the new stories and and following the ongoing titles um and i it it really makes me want to go back to single issues and i think that's because that was like the uh i don't know how to how to say it it's it's the 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 most intense way that i was kind of um able to read the comics um well, well, like now it's like I want to say like, oh, I'll just wait for the trades. So many people do that. So many people wait for just like the the collection of them, you know, and that's fine, especially if you're not really paying attention to week on week on week, and you just wait, you know, a couple months, and it's a it's a whole book that has you know seven to eight issues in it and everything. Um, but after reading this annual, it was like continued in blank number one, and it just made me go back to, oh, I want that number one. <laughs> constantly um so it was really cool turning the page and then just getting to another story and feeling like i just want to continue with all of these um but and this is a great character i think this is a character i I want to continue Uh, you know i i think huntress um the art style itself you know so the art done by baldemar rivas i i I love the the thick lines in in the way that he does like the um the momentum like you can see movement from from Within the panel, yeah. from left to right, you can see the energy um, throwing a, a villain fr- against the wall, or, or her rushing to down down a hallway. Um, the the line work that is kind of like it's thick, it's kind of um, dramatic in in a sense that it's uh, kind of has like an anime style, like a current current anime style um, that I really like about it. And I mm-hmm. think Huntress is a great character again because if you just want to live as a vigilante in Gotham city, she has like a great perspective where she's very middle of the road. She's not, um, red hood and she's not, um, Tim Drake. So she's not, she's not held to these degrees of, of the bat family. She's just vigilante in, in, in the world. Um, you know, it's a lot like, um, Renee Montoya being, being the question, uh, within Gotham City and, and, and just doing detective work, um, stuff like that. It's like I, I love interesting characters that you can kind of get behind and experience Gotham uh, as Gotham. And, you know, Goth- Gotham Central is another one where you can kind of just be in the GCPD and, and see what, what Gotham is like through their eyes and not, and not feel like you're um, too overpowered when you're in the perspective of Batman and feeling like, Okay, he's he's gonna figure it out. I'm just reading how he's gonna figure it out. So mm-hmm. um, that was what 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 made Court of Owls so great is that it wasn't about um, the unstoppable power of Batman, but like this whole mystery that was laid out and the problem solving and making that entertaining. So um, with Huntress, it's just gonna be like, how are you gonna survive Gotham City? So I, I do think I want to follow up with this one, but. I am going to be one of those trade people that <laughs> that waits for it. All right. We shall see. Let's talk um, about the, the next one. one. Yeah. Have you heard of this group before, Nathan? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, the second book is uh, the, uh, the prelude to the... Drum roll, drum roll, please. Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Yes, um, absolutely. This is really cool. Again, great to see Chris Burnham's artwork just right in my face. I love it. Um, great story. Um, 
honestly, just an all-around solid Doom Patrol story, Mm -hmm. a one-shot story that really, really very easily plays into the rest of the universe that is happening across all titles. If there's this Lazarus thing that's affecting people all over the place, it is so cool that there is just the possibility, that there's a chance that the Doom Patrol is just going to show up as another team, just like how the Justice League would back in the early 2000s in those books that I was reading. Like, it's just, that's a cool feeling now. Yeah, there's so much potential with Doom Patrol because of the situation they've created where people are just spontaneously getting metahuman abilities and and not knowing how to deal with it. Um, This is literally join the club, buddy, because they've been dealing with it for so long. And the story that's in this comic book is very... I I almost want to say it's very like Arnold Drake meets um, Keith Giffen kind of, which is like a 2009 uh, Doom Patrol writer. And it kind of has like, it has like the modern feel, but it, it, it has like the color palette of the sixties and uh, with, with uh, Keith, uh, with Chris Burnham's um, drawing, he has such a way of making it look, uh, grotesque when when he wants to so with characters like they can either look fantastic um, very very thin uh, and then it's like just detailing of, of skin of of, um, of uh, any kind of texture he has a way of, of expressing it to define it and as you're reading it you're like it is a strange adventure and the people that are in it feel strange they don't just look strange or, or say things that are strange um the, the the escapade that they're in isn't isn't strange it's like the 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 artwork makes it pop out and being like oh, okay this is this is gonna get kind of uh creepy or, or um suspenseful so um i think this is great i think the like i said the color palette the design um the typography there's a lot of it that seems hip fresh but also like it has that 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 tinge of of strangeness going on in it um and in this story we we start off with general blanche who's in this issue he's he actually um calls out for the doom patrol to come help with one of his um i think it's a lieutenant that is in in distress because he got affected by the lazarus rain so the doom patrol have to like go in there and um General Blanche wants to, I guess, just save the men that are not hurt yet. But the Doom Patrol have plans to take uh, Simon, who's this new character, to take him back to the to, to um, is it Doom Patrol Manor or Doom? You know, just back to wherever their their Doom Patrol headquarters are this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a really good story overall. You know, I I I, I think. It perfectly samples what Doom Patrol is all about, where they, 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 they're weird themselves. They go in, they do weird things. The language of the characters is very much the energy and the, and the uh, body language of those characters. Um, and then it always gets to that heart of Doom Patrol, where it's like, we understand that you hate yourself. 
we were there too. We can help you get through that. And so it, it gets to that mental illness conversation. And once it gets there, you're like, they understand it. They get it. They get yeah. the weirdness of Doom Patrol, but they also get like the trauma of Doom Patrol. It's like that inner sense of impending doom that makes Doom Patrol like it, it, in its DNA. Um, there was a lot of great things that I really liked about this story. Um, one of them being the Flit uh, illustration of fl- <laughs> how, the, how they illustrated Flit's uh, teleportation of that 1980s Memphis kind of background. Just that look, that's perfect. I, you would, that just makes sense. You know, you didn't think, I didn't, th- I would never have thought about that, but they did. And it's right there. Like, that's just one of the coolest panels I've ever seen introducing the Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. The unstoppable Doom Patrol, mind you. Um, another great thing about this this book and this series and just Doom Patrol in general, something that I don't know if uh, if you only were watching the TV show, you wouldn't really get a sense of um, only from the TV show. And that's the Larry Trainer Negative Man character. You and I get to talk about Larry Trainer Negative Man a lot. Uh, Matt Bomber and Matthew Zucks. Larry Trainer Negative Man is something that's also new to us because uh, we kind of had had a bunch of Negative Man Larry Trainer renditions, and I feel like with each writing, the the character of Negative Man honestly carries those traits of every previous Negative Man that they've had and has followed through. So the Negative Man in the comic books is a very well-rounded uh kind of like i I don't want to say shot caller but someone that is that's on it that knows the ins and outs of the universe that's that's tapped in that's woke if you will i guess (laughs) to a degree yes um and it's definitely shown in this issue particularly this is a very negative man forward doom patrol which we haven't seen for a little bit um, hang on, two seconds. Yes. Which we haven't seen for a little bit. Probably yeah. Need to cut that one right there. No, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. The the, the characters that are the way they're detailed. So the, our core Doom Patrol here, um, Flit brings the Doom Patrol, which is Rita Farr and Larry Trainer and Cliff Steele. Um, so Crazy Jane is in it. Um, and right now she's not part of this ad- exact adventure. It's just that Flit brings them here and then dips out. And, um, <laughs> again, great, great power. Just yeah. like, <laughs> and the coloring. So the coloring uh, that, that's done, um, by, um, Brian Reber. So it, it really makes this comic book story pop. Um, the, the, the shapes, the colors that, show up when when flit teleports in and out um those colors make chris burnham's work like really pop out really stand out and uh and 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 brian reber also does some additional shading in these characters so when you see burnham doing some of the shading it's like those deep blacks and then that inking yes yeah you can see it like there are like all the different shades on on cliff steel on robot man and then Negative spirit when it comes out of Larry Trainer, 
mm-hmm. it's just just complete negative black color only yeah. highlighted by the the coloring of the energy that Chris Burnham drew and it's such a perfect way to be like you know I drew the shape of a man just make it you know fill it in completely black and then color in this bright yellow negative space baby yeah and just make that negative space pop out so much and to see that human silhouette um it is fantastic um everything that they do with like the coloring uh, of you know the clowns the creepiness that's inside this in this um army basement um but then even uh, you know the writing from Dennis Culver you know the, tapping into that personality of of Larry Trainer and and his his empathy for another person a complete stranger in a strange yes. world very um, very rebus as kind of like let's let's level with each other here like yeah. the world is not just a just a if or that kind of thing it's it's you need to see it from all of these other perspectives first before you make your very detrimental de- decision you know um, yeah. So that's what I was saying. Like this, this negative man from the comic books is like a culmination of all negative people, negative personality, mans, men, and Rebus, <laughs> negative they, um, and it's for the better. Like that makes it so much better. Um, I think, and I think in Doom Patrol, I I think, I don't know if I'm right, but technically, Cliff Steele, I guess they all are. They're the only ones, not only, but they're some of the only ones that have full memory of the the reboots, you know? Like, they, they retained their memory of the gene bomb, what happened before, like, all of these other things. Like, they know that they died and came back in Young Animal after the gene bomb. Like, they know Jane fucking killed everybody. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're... Like, yeah, Gerard Way is like continued, you know, some of that continuity and like. So and I don't know it. if it's still like these characters are just that much more mature and are so in tune with themselves and as a team, like, which makes me want to believe that this unstoppable Doom Patrol team is going to be like the absolute most perfect Doom Patrol team that has yet to be seen. Yes, and I'm very curious because like. Like I, um, the negative man, Larry Trainer, um, like you said, it does feel like a great amalgamation of the character throughout its history, and it, it you know, reading it, you you feel like you're just listening to Matt Bomber from the the TV series talk, the way that he talks, and you and you, and you connect with it so effortlessly. Um, Robot Man as well, Cliff Steele, uh, immediately one of the first panels says, "What the fuck." And it's like, okay, so, you know, we we can easily connect to Robot Man here uh, in the way that we've seen in the TV show. And, you know, we haven't really gotten into um, that kind of psychological trauma close to you like we saw in Morrison's run. But we, we still identify Cliff Steele as like um, he's he's the big, um, big punk kind of uh doom patrol member and and we love that of him because we we like that kind of um uh badass character um rita far like i've said many times on the show um april bowlby's rita far is a fantastic adaptation of the character and i think 
my favorite version of the character. So to see Rita Farr in this comic book series, she's in this, in this story, but I I haven't grasped something memorable about her yet. So that's a character I'd like to follow up on and and see how she evolves in this in this storyline. Um, what is her story going to be? What's her arc going to be? What angle is she coming from? Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about her, like personality wise, because we we also didn't get much of Rita Farr uh, at all in in Ger- Gerard Way's run either. Um, and um, you know, there's also Crazy Jane in, in this story as well. Crazy Jane is is cycling through these these personalities. Um, and the only thing I got out of Crazy Jane in this story is that she's she has control over or I guess Kate Chalice has control over who's gonna go up yeah. and who's gonna take control. And it seems like they're able to agree who's gonna be on top, who's gonna take priority, like Oh, I need chainsaw. Oh, I need flit. Oh, the chief wants to say something like, yeah. And they take turns in the story to introduce themselves and to show people kind of like this is the palette that we're going to be using this this issue. These are the crazy Jane personalities that we'll be um, utilizing for the story. Um, but it seems like she has control over it, which that. Normally, that's not the case. Usually, it's a little bit like they're fighting for dominance. Like a person with, you know, this split personality disorder would have is my trauma means that in my defense, I switch personalities, not whenever I feel like it. Yeah. Like a Swiss Army knife. Um, so those two characters, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more... Um, hand, like, keeping my eye on those characters because I feel like... At this point, writing Cliff Steele is easy. And if you want to be tapping into the the heart of Doom Patrol, which is like um, console for your for your um, your trauma and your mental illness, it's easy to write that in the speech bubble of of Larry Trainer. Um, but what about Crazy Jane and 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 Rita Farr especially? Because I think it's easy to be like, oh, Rita Farr's got to figure it out. But does she? Because as we see in the TV show, she absolutely does not. She's been one of the hardest ones to reconcile with her trauma and to even admit that she has it. So I'd like to really tap into that character more, and I'm really curious to see where that character goes. Um, but for the most part, like as an overall story in, in Dark Fate, it's like Doom Patrol did what they do, which is as a whole, they, they came in, they fought some strange things, and then they they tapped into into some trauma and rescued someone from it. So overall, really good, uh, successful job by by the team in, in this uh, Doom Patrol story. And yeah, Nate, any uh, closing thoughts on this one? Um, I just thought it was really excellent. It just really makes me want more. Um, and it wasn't too crazy or too wild. Um, uh, the only thing I feel like it didn't do was like leave you on too much of a cliffhanger. Um, I felt like Gerard Way Run did that with every single issue. It was always, like, always kind of gimmicky, like, what's going to happen next? Um, so this one wasn't really as much what's going to happen next. It was more of just, I want to see more of these strange adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeping it very uh, serialized, as we said. You know, like, 
doing, you know, having this adventure, and then in the next one, we'll maybe have another adventure with a different person who's affected by this um, Lazarus energy. So, um, yeah, kudos to the team, and like I said, we'll we'll be doing episodes to follow up with this series as it as it releases. Uh, really curious about Crazy Jane's new personality, which is the chief. So that's a very interesting. That seems like something Gerard Way would have come up with, and uh, seems like a very Gerard Way thing. Looks like something straight out of uh, Umbrella Academy. <laughs> it it really does. It really does. Or but, uh, uh, hey, yeah, it seems like it's pretty cool. Like yeah, the face mask too. And I like the costumes. The costumes are nice. Everyone having uh, the same. Uh, orange palette in their clothing. That's another good touch. Uh, again, another thing, Robot Man's jacket. Always got to have this coolest jacket, right? So I enjoy it. Looks yeah, great. It's, it's white this time. Yeah, it's like a white denim. That would look really cool. I should look into that. I'm going to check Amazon. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the next comic book real quick. This one is called Eight Seconds of Still Force. Uh, features a new character called Circuit Breaker. Uh, and I like the story. This this kind of reminded me more of um, almost like an image comic. You know, like it was very... Um, felt very indie. And, and, and I guess what, you know, it kind of is because the whole thing seems to be written, drawn, and colored by the same artist, A.L. Kaplan, um, who, who does the work here. Uh, and uh, this this uh, artist who kind of wrote this story out, it's for uh, a DC Pride collection novel, kind of like uh, they, they, they've done um, a lot of these DC Pride um, um, comics that have come out. And... Uh, I thought this was a really cool character. I think it, I think it's going to be a character that continues on in in the Flash, um, the the realm of of the Flash and any storylines that they do with the character because it involves speedsters and um, not the Speed Force but the Still Force, and there's a lot of mention of, of Turtle, and uh, this character Circuit Breaker uh, ends up getting this ability to take people's energy and redirect it elsewhere. Uh, especially from villains. So it's kind of like Parasite, but if Parasite could didn't want the energy and instead wanted to divert it elsewhere uh, and is a superhero. So it's a really cool, interesting character. Uh, Nate, what did you think about this one? Um, very interesting. Um, the Still Force is a new concept to me. Um, the whole, you know, I guess, inverse of Speed Force. Um, sure, I'm sold all right, I don't know what it is, but you got me, you know, tell me more, tell me more. Uh, do they drive a fast car? Um, so like the whole energy transfer thing was, was kind of neat. Um, that seems like it's, uh, uh, like a, like a physics thing. (laughs) So it matches kind of in that whole realm of science and, uh, physical science that the flash, you know, is all based off of and everything. Um, so like that kind of just seems like you're you're a really good use of of stopping momentum, right? Or just a tra- transference of that momentum and that energy onto something else. So seems like you could, you know, go toe to toe with a speedster, right? Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, um, I I like that they were kind of centered around this uh, uh, pseudo um, 
it's like a dinner what, show. It's like a yeah, like a, yeah. I was thinking it's like they're like a show. What is that? Um, what what, what the hell with the knights and the medieval times? Yeah, it's like or, a western. Uh, like you're you're a tourist and you're visiting like this western ghost town and these these uh, young adults they need to make money so they they these reenact a- these su- actors. <laughs> yeah. They reenact superhero stories and um, they try to sell merchandise and I guess it goes towards protecting the you know the state wildlife and um, protecting the earth, which is always a good thing. So you know they are heroes at heart and they they come in contact with the Lazarus energy and I think where this story really excels is just. Like I said, because it reminds me so much of like something I would read from Image. It's just the character, the character story, is is really good, and so it's introducing a lot with like the superhero st- stuff. You know, this this person getting powers, and how that's going to tie into um, the the Speed Force and 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 the Flash and all these other speedsters. You know, it's. In that regard, it's it's more like, okay, but I like the characters, and so that's where I kind of fell on it. Is like, oh, I love I love these characters. I'd like to see more of them and the way they they interact. They were like we talked about earlier. It reminds me a lot of uh, Bluebird in Scott Snyder's uh, New Fifty Two Batman, where that character seemed uh, genuine and, and dynamic, and it was like a, a fresh new dynamic character that we can get behind. Um, this is another one of those kind of characters where you're like, oh, you're brand new. You're not a West. You're not an Allen. Uh, it's, it's great to meet yeah. you. Sure. You how do ha- you fit in with the Flash family? That's the thing. Like with all these things, like how do you fit in with the Bat family? How do you fit in with the Flash family? Cause it is like, I don't want you to be a direct descendant. I don't want you to really be a part of that because that's just, you you just give it all away. It's there's no, there's no mystery mm-hmm. kind of with that. So, uh, so yeah, it is really just how are these characters going to, I don't know, how are they even going to be even dealing with the whole part of the Flash family? The Speed Force is a big, <laughs> Speed Force is a big place. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering how they will use their power in the story, because I, I excuse me, clear my throat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's interesting when you have these abilities and the way you write a story is, is somehow to tie the abilities back into the solution of the story. And yeah. that's what I'm curious <laughs> about because like this story didn't ever say like, Oh, you need to slow down or you need to stop or, um, no, but it was really too much. It was all the circuit breaker thing. Yeah. And so it's like, how will you, you know, what, what problems will you get into where you your physical ability to <laughs> to circuit break electrical engineering is also tied into a physical a, engineering an emotional metaphor like how does it become a metaphor for for the for the lesson to circuit yeah. break and i think that's where i try to to put my head into that regard is like when this person goes on for more adventures how will circuit breaking be a metaphor mm-hmm. for the fable for the lesson of the story uh, and then I'm and I'm curious to know how that goes, um, but you know overall it's like I, I like the characters themselves, and that's another reason why I like um, reading a new Green Lantern whenever they introduce a new one like Jessica Cruz or Simon Baz, because 
whenever they come out with a new Green Lantern, it's like, okay, the Green Lantern, we know your abilities, but the person that we're introduced to has a cool background, you know, like Simon Bass and um, being Muslim and Jessica Cruz and she has mental illness and Jon Stewart and Kyle Rayner. Like, they get to be interesting characters themselves and that's something, like, within the realm of the Flash characters, um, this could be a really cool character where we're just like, you as a person, you are really cool. I do not care what you actually do <laughs> as far as your ability. So kudos to them. I, I think it's great. I don't know if that costume is going to be the costume that they continue to wear, but uh, so far, so cool. I think the ability we'll to circuit break would make an excellent hero clicks. Nathan, I think that would be cool to be able I, to circuit break. That ability seems <laughs> broken in <laughs> in tabletop sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh that really does seem like, because what if they can, like, oh, man, can you imagine? They can probably, like, roll for something stupid, like, like mid to lows, and, like, half your damage, or, like, half your entire base. Like, yeah, it would circuit be... breaking, think about it, them taking all of that potential energy that you're dishing out. I would love to see an ability that could negate probability control. Like, that would be... I think there probably is, but we just never play with it. But yeah, yeah you're right. That, that's when you know. So it starts with this, right? You buy one issue at a time. You're like, oh, I want to buy issues again. When, yeah. As soon as we start buying hero clicks again, that's when we need to to go back to the the loony bin, and <laughs> we need, someone needs to intervene with us and be like, you're not buying so this. You, you don't need those. That's one thing you don't need. <laughs> don't, don't start yeah. collecting them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, let's talk with the last story before we wrap up for today. This one is called The Envoy, a spirit world story that's going to be taking place um, in, I, I, I think it's Gotham City? What city? Gotham City, Chinatown. Yeah. Chinatown. So this is a new character, Xantha Zhou. She's like spiritually connected. She has like this um, um, Chinese culture mm-hmm. background. And really cool, really cool spiritual. This is uh, I I, I want to see this comic more. <laughs> you know, it's it's this, this Chinese cool. girl with hip clothing, the sweetest jacket I've ever seen, and then a big fucking sword covered yeah. in talismans. Like this is a cool. This is a cool fucking yeah. character. This is the this is the Constantine partner that that needs to overshadow John Constantine and be like, no, this is like how you deal with the spirit world type shit. Like we needed this anime ass character, cloud strife, big ass sword to come in cutting demons down. Like that's what I need. Yeah. We don't get to see big swords in, in superheroes much anymore, but they, I mean, this is a magic sword and yeah. it's, I think that's another thing, right? Where like the China market of media is afraid of of magic right like it's it's probably like super respectful in that regard that it's like you can't be talking about magic and and using it for for pure action um but this character is is uh, beloved by by me and i think it's it's a great character to to introduce into dc comics and um yeah have fun with with the mythology of of chinese spirit spirituality and and magic and um, you know, it, it's her and Black Bat fighting fighting vampires, and then all of a sudden John Constantine shows up, and you're like, it confirms it. Like when when the Hellblazer shows up, you're like, oh, okay, so we're this is, um, kind of like Justice League Dark, but with this badass anime character in the DC universe now. So 
Um, the Envoys, Spirit World Story, written by Alyssa Wong, drawn by Hai Ning, colored by Sebastian Chang, letters by Janice Change, and edited by Jessica Chen. This team, um, this team really did a great job on this one. I, I like I said, I, I love the character designs. I love seeing Black Bat again. The 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 writing of the banter between Black Bat and John Constantine. Uh, and, and it's Zan- Cassie Kane, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's just a classic, like, street-wise, smart-mouth smart person. Mouth. Yeah. Like, with, up against, an, you know, a John Constantine. That's also, like, again, another Bat character that, like, does understand that the answer is usually a fist, you know? But then there's things that... These are demons. These are monsters. But you know what? I guess I'm here, and I'm still just going to fight them up anyway kind of thing. That pairing on a team is always excellent um i i really really like this story yeah this was so cool she's very black bat is very much more nimble much more like elf like where she's just able to kind of like dance and weave through action and be like you know like you said she can be a smart mouth and so she's doing things that are very nimble but at the same time she has like the wit the sharp wit to like respond during during action and like it just kind of flows this dance between all of them. And it's like, here, catch these talismans, start putting them on the foreheads of all these undead vampires. And it's, mm-hmm. it's very well done. And then, you know, Alyssa gets to write John Constantine and being handed a character like this and be like, yes, have fun with this character as well. And then being able to just like get that character. It's not like she had to apply to, to write a Constantine or a Hellblazer or even justice league dark. It's just like, get to have fun with this character as well because if your character is going to be in the spirit world you get to have fun with kind of you know another smart ass who's John Constantine so just the the bouncing back between these three characters that's that's where the beauty of the DC universe as a whole is you know they all get to have fun with that and um um you know they they kind of have this this big action fight scene and then it ends with black bat being stuck in the spirit world which the series itself will be called Spirit World, and this is a comic book that I'm like, I'd like to this see. This is it. one of the coolest things I've <laughs> ever fucking seen in my life. <laughs> this is like... Uh, this panel sold me. I was like, absolutely. This is a Batman anime. Um, this is, if, is cool. Uh, if Coco was an anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is really cool. Seeing Cassie Kane in this spirit world, in this underground demon riddled spirit world is going to be some it's a batman in a demon spirit world mm-hmm. how cool is that like it's perfect it really is perfect it kind um, of feels like it has like a cyberpunk vibe the spirit world and maybe it's the color palette but in like the asian fusion of like the it being a city because it's like a city it's like a, it's almost like a, a, a metropolis kind of thing like there's so many uh so many souls like you know because it's the spirit world there's so much architecture and life going on in this that it's like this whole like it's it's beautiful it's like a beautiful metropolis of the spirit world with like these tall skeletons skulking around like you know it doesn't look like hell right it doesn't look like dante's inferno or anything like that it's just and it's magnificent Page. They're all in line, in line for somewhere. It's like a, like a snake way type deal going up to. Yeah, they probably have to oh, go crap. through like 
Purgatorio, and maybe maybe it will have. I don't know. I'm probably not Christian mythology in, in that regard. But no. but that again show us, you know, what would be um, some sort of uh, um, I don't know Chinese mythology in that That's, regard. This is what DC does best, though. It's it's myths. It's myths and man. You know, it's it's that blending and and that mixture of the two, and and really great depiction of of just these these old mythos and these stories. You know, yeah, um, modernized. So Cassie man. Kane looking like an anime character. Look at that. It's what a, <laughs> it's so this cool. is cool. It's it reminds me like uh, like Samurai Jack esque mm, as well. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's what I want. Yeah, a stranger in a strange land, spirit world. Yeah, this one was a really, really cool read. I, I really enjoy this one a lot, and I'm, I would like to see more of this one. This one definitely as well looks like something I, w- I would like to uh, just keep bat, up with. Like, and the mythology of like even a bat in this spirit world in Chinese mythology. Yeah, because she doesn't have be like she she you know she only, she got through it with the assistance of of Xanth, and and I'm sure Xanth is going to be the main character, and they'll probably get. Um, She'll go back in to, to save Black Bat with the help of Constantine for a bit. Um, but as of this moment, I mean, Casey doesn't have um, the the armory to take care of, to, to fend for herself like Xanth would. So um, really curious to see how this how this one plays out. And maybe even Cassandra Kane is is our vessel to understand what's in the spirit world because Xanth understands it. Constantine probably understands it and wouldn't explain it, but to black bat, if we get behind black bat, then Xanth explains to us the mythology of the spirit world. And so that's a great way to kind of make that stepping stone into, into that universe. And so, yes, I think it's a great way because we always talk about space and, and we go into the different sectors of the universe and, you know, we po- apocalypse, and then we hit like the source wall. But it's like this is almost like Aquaman going like, let's let's explore the mythology of the ocean. It's like, well, now we can explore the mythology of the inner spirit world. And so I think mm-hmm. it's a fantastic um, concept, and I love the team. I, I'm yeah, like I said, this is this is some cool stuff here. Well, that's about it for me, Nathan. I don't know if you had anything else. So That's pretty much wrapping it up for me over here. I hope everyone enjoyed us talking about Lazarus Planet Dark Fate. Um, it was it was great to get back into comic books again for, for an event. Um, I do read comic books still a lot, but it's not, like I said, not the current stuff, not the ongoing, um, and really haven't really gotten into the ongoing stuff at DC in quite a bit. Um but I am I am getting back into some new fifty two as well when I went there, so um, yeah. If definitely check out uh, Unstoppable Doom Patrol when it comes out later in March. If you guys want to catch up on Lazarus Planet, uh, please do. I got caught up on the event as well. So if you want to talk about what's going on um, for the the future of DC Universe, uh, you can reach out to us either on Twitter at Radio Doom Patrol or the Discord for Dueling Genre. Um, there's a Doom Patrol uh, chat in there as well, a chat channel, and you can chat with me and some of the other listeners that listen to Doom Patrol Radio and watch the TV show. 
and and just hang out talk to us let us know um big thanks to everyone that's been leaving positive reviews to the show it helps the show out so much um just having those positive reviews i've seen um our exposure to to other listeners it it has exploded and i i just really want to thank everyone who's appreciated all the all the work that we do for the show all the love that we have for doom patrol and so a million times thank you guys and i'm so excited to see the rest of season four of doom patrol um so yes please uh let us know what you guys think about any form of doom patrol media and without further ado dj please take it away (laughs) 